lights, camera, we're going live. Learn the ins and outs of live events from today's top business leaders and how to make yours epic. Here's your host, Aaron Smith. All right, welcome to our first episode. You're my first guest. I'm so excited of Epic Live Events. This is the podcast where we break down events with event organizers, really learning the whys and the hows of putting together top-notch events. I have Tina Pattis. Tina, thank you so much for being here. And Tina is the owner of Tenacious. She's got a ton of other stuff going on, but Tenacious... It, put on the before conference, right? Like it was, so um, she created the before conference. It's in Minneapolis, April timeframe. I know you're coming up on your third year. Is that going to still remain the same? Yeah, same thing, yeah. Okay. And you're going to be entering your third year. I was fortunate enough to speak at your first event. I got to attend it. I can't wait to break this down with you because I thought you did so many things well. You hit the details you had a great room of people, all the important things of an event. So welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I saw your email come through asking me to be a guest and I was like, heck yes. <laughs> I haven't had anyone ask me to talk about the conference. And, um, you know, I know before we hit record, I just shared with you that like, this is my baby. Like this has absolutely become kind of my best work I've ever done. So I'm excited to talk about it. So thanks for having me. Oh, thank I'm, I love talking about this stuff too. So You've got Tenacious. A couple of years ago, you've got this business. You're doing really well. You do branding, social media management, websites. You do all kinds of stuff for companies. Take me through the process of I've got this company. I'm dealing with employees. I'm going to do an event. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know, in the, in the Twin Cities area, we honestly have created quite a name. Um, you know, people look at us and tell us constantly when we show up at events and things like, you're such an inspiration. And, you know, finally I let it just start soaking in and to be like, well, if I'm inspiring this many people, you know, and I have this many, you know, this, um, you know, all these people in kind of my back pocket, like yourself to say, Hey, Aaron, you want to come to, you know, St. Paul and, you know, speak at my conference. I thought, I think I can do this. And honestly, my passion, I wanted to put on an event forever, but I knew that if I started a little bit too early, that it would be an uphill battle. And so I'm, I was in my seventh year at that time of business, you know, had networked my little butt off or driving all over the place, you know, going to every event, coffee dates, all that kind of stuff. I kind of put in my time. Um, and so I knew that once I started making a list of it would be crazy if this person wasn't in attendance, you know, at the conference, that when I started to get that list over the 200 mark, I was like, I think I'm on to something. And you know, a lot of that 200, you know, people that I, I wrote down were in those seats. So, um, and then also I, there really isn't a great small business conference in, in the Twin Cities. I don't know of one, I haven't been to one. Um, and I knew it was something that the market needed because not everyone wants to fly all over the place. And, you know, we did have some people fly in at that time. I was attending a lot of conferences myself all over the place. And so I was meeting people in all these different places and you know, part of some online communities and stuff. So we had quite a few people come. Now I'd say the majority of people, because I've stopped, you know, conference uh, hunting myself um, a lot, you know, I've been a little more particular. I, you know, it's a lot more people that are really local. So now I'm getting in a whole bunch of stuff, but. <laughs> oh, it's great. Now, did you have event experience. You said you did a lot of networking events. You were going to conferences. Did you have any experience actually doing even small scale events for your business or for yourself? 
Yeah. So kind of funny to like go all the way back to like our very first office. It was, I think it was like 400 square feet or something, just this tiny office. And we would cram in Ikea desks all over the place for all my staff. And uh, we met, we had this, this idea, hey, let's do this, um, you know, Facebook, like we taught Facebook, LinkedIn, and I don't know, maybe it was, you know, I think it was Twitter at the time. So people came to our office, five or six people every week, every Thursday, and we went through this training. So that was our very first like little experience. Then I had this crazy idea to put on this like nonprofit concert. We had a bunch of musicians as clients. So we put that on. It was a total flop. <laughs> it was such a flop. And you know what the funniest thing about it is like, why was I putting on a music conference when I own a social media company? It was just, you know, just like super weird. Um, and then I put on some more things like little workshops. So we'd have up to like 50, 50 people at these workshops where we went through um, now what we call the brand strategy workshop. And we still do those. We try to do them quarterly maybe even more when we have a little bit higher demand on them. But those were like, hey, rent a you know, room at a you know, restaurant or a little hotel or something like that. It wasn't too elaborate, but you know, still big enough. And then you know, to fill a lot of those events, we do a lot of like, uh, free, free events, you know, collaborate with someone and that kind of thing, but nothing to the scale of the before conference. Yeah, no, it's, and we're going to talk about butts and seats, the, uh, yeah. the, the ever butts and seats, but I want to talk about, you're, you're going to do this. And I think this is one of the most important things to think about with your event. Cause I wish I would have done it more, but it's resource heavy. You, I mean, you're going to have a lot of staff. You're going to have a lot of costs. You're going to have a lot of time, uh, sleepless nights, time away from your family. I had all of that. So what was the strategy behind doing the event that it would, you know, you can't do it for, I, I, I love doing events, but I can't do them for free. Right. Mm -hmm. So what was your strategy in alignment with your business to say, this is really going to be worth it. Uh, and this is, and, and even kind of talk about how that's evolved a little bit too now that you're in your third year. Yeah. So it's funny. I wish I could be like in my brain three years ago as this, all, all these ideas were coming together and it was about this time and uh, of year. And so, you know, the thing is that we were finding is that people were coming to us, wanting us to do their marketing, but there were so many things that they needed to do before we started marketing them. And so what started to come out of that was who do they need? You know, who are the, who are the people they need in their life? And so, you know, of course, a lot of business coaches come to mind for me. Not that you really have to do that before marketing, but, you know, to really understand it, um, you know, and, and there was just, a, there was seriously just such a pile of things I could come up with that people needed before. And so what the thing is, though, is I didn't want to have the conception or, you know, perception, not conception, <laughs> perception that, um, you know, people would have. It was, you know, small startups. It really wasn't because of what I truly believe is everyone has a new before and they have a new after always. I mean, everywhere in business, I have one right now. I'm working on a new project. It's like, okay, I'm right now here. I want to be there. How can I get there? And I might hear something completely different at a conference. Like, Erin, you could come back and speak and do your same exact topic. And the same exact people could be there and they learn something different because they're in a different spot and they're in a new before. And so um, that has, you know, stayed true in my mind. But so really, you know, we have these clients that we're doing their websites, we're doing their social media and there's paying a lot of money for these things, right? But they don't have some of like the really standard foundational things set in their business. So I always picture a staircase and kind of the foundation of a house and every single step is getting us to that next after. Well, if we're walking up a staircase and some of that, you know, foundation of the, 
of the stairs are not set, you know, we're not going to get up. Like it's going to tilt, it's going to crumble, you're going to fall through. And it's like, oh, crap, you know, now I got to start back over again. You know, I think of, um, you know, when you're, I was in track and, you know, you ran, run around the track and you had to like race to get to the front, you know, and then everyone kept on coming ahead of you. You know, it's kind of that thought process too. It's like, okay, I got, now I got to run up again. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't like to say that to people so that they feel like horrible about, you know, their situation or anything like that in business that, oh, there's always going to be another after we should look at it as like, oh my goodness, what more can I learn to get me to the next spot in my business? Now, some people are coming in there, you know, to the conference and they're ready to just, you know, crazy balls to the wall, like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I want to go to the top of whatever they're doing. And other people are like, you know what, I just, I need to learn a few things. And it's kind of a place for, I don't say, you know, ever, I say everyone pretty lightly because, and we can get into this a little bit too, but really defining who you want there is really so, so important. So, you know, that's where it started. And you, you know, you asked about resources. Um, because I have a marketing design company, I knew that I had, you know, everyone to do a lot of the stuff. I felt like I was cheating in a way. Uh, you know, I, I got the website, you know, I have, um, you know, the designers, all that programming and all those things. I have an admin, you know, I have people that can actually be there. But one thing I did and I realized really quick, like I'm, I knew I needed it was I hired an event staff. And so that, you know, my staff could work with them. And so I could still be that visionary. I'd still be the idea person and I could let them go with it. Now, you know, I needed to make sure though that my staff wasn't spending all their time on that because honestly, we have day-to-day clients we need to take care of. Um, and that's what pays our bills, you know, up until the event actually starts happening. But then I also had many friends that had put on events that they're like, they were paying out of pocket after the event was done. I was like, well, what the heck? Why did you put on an event then? And so, you know, just learning from other people's, you know, I guess mistakes or, or follies in that because, you know, honestly, why? I, it, yeah, I get that it's a little bit of a marketing piece, but I also don't want to lose money on the actual event itself. So we were pretty careful with that. And, you know, some of the things that you have to do is just be okay with, um, you know, some things that don't make me feel super comfortable, but you know, I had people come in that I didn't pay to speak. Right. And I think everyone that has has ever spoke at my conference is amazing. Like unreal. Like every single one of them deserves to be, you know, be there and, uh, you know, and be paid. And I hate, I sometimes hate the like, Oh, but you can come there for, you know, people get to know you and everything like that. So, you know, I I tried to do, you know, some things like Aaron, you live, you know, your family's near us, you know? So it's like, Aaron, can you come? I know you have so many resources. I know, you know, you're putting on your own conferences would be really, really great. Um, and you can travel and come see your family, you know? So then, you know, I had some other creative ways, but people were, I didn't, I've never had anyone say no, you know, I didn't. Um, Every once in a while, people would ask me things like, hey, you know, can you cover my hotel room or, you know, little things that were fine. And then, um, you know, again, we can get into this a little bit later, but in my offer, I involved a few people into that too. So lots of little creative things, but yeah. So resource wise, uh, you know, just being careful that your staff isn't letting your other clients you know, go down and having people though, like if you're, you're trying to put on an event all by yourself, like crazy, like you at least need an event staff or a, you know, an assistant of some sort. Yeah, no, I was the, uh, I had staff second round and it helped tremendously. So was your goal though, did it, I know I'd love for you to talk just a little bit about the offer you had, you said the offer, 
Was your goal also on the back end to get more marketing clients for Tenacious? Was it kind of talk about the different different ways you made your money back on the event? If you're cool with that, yep. So we were actually profitable just on tickets and sponsors alone. So we had a higher price point for uh, sponsors because I didn't want anyone in the room was like schlepping product. Um, I didn't, I did not because you know what, you can shop and, you know, buy all these trinkety things, other places, but this is a business conference. So I had people there that have a little bit tougher time getting in front of, you know, business owners, you know, insurance and lawyers and, uh, you know, VAs and, you know, CPAs and all of that, which, you know, what isn't the most exciting conversations for most business owners to have. But if we can put it in a little bit more fun environment, they're necessary. Lots 100% of, necessary. Exactly. Yeah. Lots of businesses come to us and you're like, dude, what the heck? You're, you don't keep track of your numbers at all or anything. And I get that, you know, we're getting into business because we're passionate about something. Well, you know, at some point we need to like kind of adult a little bit in our business. So anyway, so those are some of the sponsors I brought in. So we had a thought, we have a thousand dollar minimum price point on our vendors that come in. They get a table and they get two tickets. Now this year we're changing it up a little bit and talk about some of the changes that we've made. Um, we're still keeping price points the same, but we're offering a little bit more and changing it up the experience for the for the people attending. And then um, ticket sales, we're actually not going as high as we have in the last couple of years. We kind of bumped it up a little too soon. I think we lost a few people. Um, room was still full. It was still fabulous. But I think I wanted some more people in there that, you know, that weren't there that I think the price point got a little bit too high for. So anyways, we were profitable to begin with, which was, you know, my goal. So knowing my numbers, knowing the budget, you know, that, um, the only thing though that I don't figure in a ton is my out my staff my hourly staff time. So you know that's a little tricky in there. I mean I'd say we'd probably more break even than if we counted that in just to start the event. Um, and then we go into the offer that I made. And so um, every time it's called the after mastermind. And the last two years, I've brought in other people to be a part of my offer. So we do a mastermind. First time, it was six months. It was a little too long. Um, we bumped it to three, extended into like four because I wanted to keep giving. So day at the end. Um, and then uh, they are able to work with a, a few of the speakers that spoke main stage in their bonuses. Now, this next year, I'm actually not going to do that. I'm not going to have any bonuses in there. It's overwhelming. People, what, what I charged was enough. Um, you know, I gave more than enough, actually. Um, and then they just felt like obligated to do some of the other things. And then or maybe even didn't do them. So then I was paying out all this money to these extra bonuses. And people weren't even seeing that part as the value. So I'm actually stripping away the bonuses this year and doing a little bit more me personally for people um, as a part of the mastermind. So the bonuses will be part of our team. So then it brings more into our team. Um, but the other thing too is our um, everyone that's on my staff uh, hangs out at each table. You know, they start to build relationships and they hang out and they network on their own. Um, Angie, who is a person that kind of co-runs Tenacious with me, her and I uh, do, you know, we we do everything together, but, you know, she does a lot of the speaking. Uh, the second year she emceed the event. And so, you know, having her be, you know, kind of upfront and all that, people know, oh, this is what Tina and Angie do. You know, we want to work with them. And so, yeah, we see a pretty big spike in sales in May and June just based on all of our efforts for the con conference. 
Um, and then the masterminds. Then once people get done with the mastermind, we don't have another thing we sell them into, but a lot of them do work with us after that, you know, design stuff, web things, um, you know, they come to our workshops and stuff. So it, it's just this constant kind of flow of, you know, our, our pipeline. And so we call uh, May, you know, that May, April, May time, actually like our 13th month, because uh, it, it truly is, it bumps our income up that whole next level. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, butts and seats, I think, is one of the biggest. Yeah. You know, oh, my gosh. I, I went in thinking it was going to be so easy. Oh, I'm going to put the right names on stage and everybody's going to want to come to this event. I'm going to bring in people that nobody gets to see locally. I did, the, you know, did that. I want to talk about what you were expecting, what you came in on your first year, and was it harder than you thought? And if you could go into some, I know there's a lot of questions here, but uh, some tips and tricks you used to get the butts and seats. Cause um, it's, for me, it was tough. I don't know. Maybe for you, it was a little bit easier, but I'd love to hear your experience on that. Yeah. So we, our conference is in the end of April. We open up tickets in December. Um, and then these next years we opened up tickets at the conference. So the first year we didn't know, we were like, are we going to freaking hate this? So we had sheets made up while we were in <laughs> the event to say Such this a great was, idea though yeah we're like this is awesome you know we need to rock this out and the only thing we did the first year that that I think eliminated a few sales is we didn't have the dates set so people were like well you know my kids graduating school ending blah 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 so the second year we had dates set and we sold a lot more tickets the during the conference and so we're like this is the lowest price point here's the bonuses you know all that kind of stuff for signing up and our price uh, is 197 is our lowest price point. Last year, we got up to 497 So what, you know, since we're a marketing company, we sit and map out, you know, December to April and say, okay, what levels are we going to add in a different bonus or take something away? Basically, we mainly take away and we bump the price up because I don't ever want someone coming to us and say, oh, well, shoot, I paid more, you know? And so... At, so that was one thing I, I want to just be in the space of integrity for that. But also I didn't want to ever feel like I was in desperation mode. And at the first year we did come up with an idea because there was a few people that I kind of missed the 197 mark, you know, and they were outside of the realm of really feeling like they could afford a higher price point. So we came up with an idea of pay what you can. And uh, I loved it because you know what? Everyone else already paid. So clearly they could do that, you know? And then this little time was more like scholarship. And we had people that, honestly, we had people that would did pay what you can almost at the same exact price as what our you know ticket price was. And a lot of the people that, you know, did a pay what you can actually bought into the mastermind, which was just insane. I'm like, you couldn't afford 197, but now you're paying like three grand for you don't, you don't ask questions. You just <laughs> take the money. You had, yeah, if you're like, okay, whatever. You found the money for this. You saw the value or whatever. Um, I gave away one ticket the first year. And this, this story, I just, I love. She was at an event. Um, and so I was speaking at the event and I did a giveaway. I don't even know why. I mean, the ticket price point for me average is about $80 if I'm going to put someone there. So I'm giving someone an $80 gift that I don't know, which is fine. But so she came to the event and at the event, she pulled me aside and she's like, Tina, I need to write you a check. She's like, I feel so bad that I'm here for free. She's like, this is so fabulous and so amazing. And I was like, oh, 
that, no, I'm not letting you pay, but thank you. You know, so she bought her ticket for the next year and she signed up as an, a vendor and now she's a client of, of tenacious. So it's like, you just never know what's going to happen. I'm not telling people just go give away a bunch of free tickets, but, um, you know, people truly value it at, you know, certain people truly value it. No, not everyone does. So, okay. Lots of questions or lots of still things that I wanted to share on that, but you know, getting butts in seats. The first year we did, um, we did a, um, a mastermind, a local mastermind every like We did two a month for three or four months where we invited people for free to come to a, a space and hang out for a day. And just, we sewed into them. And at the end we just said, you know, okay, I know you guys got so much value from this. We have so many more experiences that we want to share with you. Is it cool if we share you know, a little bit about our before conference. And everyone's like, of course. I mean, they're just like in love by then, you know, we've just spent four hours with them for absolute free. And they were specially invited. It wasn't invited over email or anything like that. It was like, Hey, I have 10 spots for this mastermind. It's going to be on this day. Can you be there? Nope. Yep. Okay. Um, and so we filled a lot of our seats that way. Now I know that probably feels a little bit time intensive, but we had already built up a relationship. So now when people show up at this conference, you know, they have a ton of experience and, you know, built that relationship. So that was one way. And then we did quite a few collaborative events with other speakers and like my business coach, Ursula Menchez at the time, we did a couple of events with her. So they got her sales camp and our before conference when they purchased. So they got a little bit more of a price break on it. That's a great idea. Yep. And um, so that was awesome because, you know, again, they'd seen us. And I truly believe live events or in-person things sell in-person things. So you can sell things online. I know that people do it all the time. I mean, we have a social media company. I totally get it. There wasn't like that people didn't see that. But, you know, at some point, they probably got a touch point of the before conference online. But a lot of people were at a live event and then sold into it. And then I have been really, really blessed to have people like Ursula who have just honestly added it as a bonus, even when she spoke and I wasn't there. Um, so she pays a little, me a little bit less. I think we, we did like 197 or something like that, that she got to buy it at always. And so she gave it as a bonus to people. Now, the only thing with that is that those people had never met me. And so, you know, and do they value that? So that those were some serious follow-up to make sure they understood what they got as a bonus. Cause that's a freaking awesome bonus to get a conference ticket. And so we had a lot of like education in those phone calls. So, so you were actually calling those people who got the ticket for free just to make sure they were there? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Okay. Wow. And you know, the thing is, is because I don't really just want the $197, you know, like I want the person there. So they're experiencing us, seeing us. A hundred percent agree. Yeah. Yes. So that was huge for me. And also, I mean, if someone's getting a bonus, use it, you know, like so often people don't and that drives me crazy, but I get it. You know, we get busy or that's not what you were purchasing or whatever. So um, but that, that was our first year. And, you know, some of the biggest things that we learned from that first year was we didn't have an MC. <laughs> and I do not know how we let that pass. I mean, it seriously blows my mind. So I ended up being the person being like, sit the frick down, you know, I mean, not quite, but you know, like, you know, mad at everyone, like, come on, let's sit down, you guys, we need to get started, you know, and then the time got a little bit off. We had a, a couple people that spoke way longer than they should have, you know, so timing and that that's just stuff I wouldn't have known. So the second year um, we set up Angie, my, you know, co co-owner um, or co yeah, runner of Tenacious. She came on and she emceed. But the second year, what we found out is that people didn't get to know me then at all. 
Mm. I spoke once on stage, on the main stage at the very end of the day. And I basically just cried the whole time. (laughs) I was just like all emotional, you know? So uh, (laughs) It's such an emotional thing. I totally get it, but keep going. (laughs) And people are, you know, but everyone was crying. It was pretty intense, but we had our, um, the, our first year in the conference, we sold 18 spots in our mastermind program. And I was like blown away. I mean, my high goal was 10. So to have 18, I was like, Oh my goodness, this is awesome. So of course the next year I set the goal for 30. We sold eight. Really? What do you think the difference was? I was not on stage. So they didn't get to know me at all. So they fell in love with all these speakers and then Tina gets up on stage and cries for 20 minutes at the very end. And they're like, what is she selling us? You know, like I had got up and shared. You know, <laughs> Why do I want to work with her? Is she going to cry? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, who is this emotional chick? And a lot of the people in the room the second year, I did not know. Like we were able to sell beyond us the second year, which was amazing. But in that point then, they really need to get to know me. It's a great, great tip. Yeah. So this next year the shift we're making, um, you know, and it's not all about selling the next program. It's, it, it really isn't. I mean, it truly is. We make sure the conference is, you know, the other speakers aren't selling, you know, obviously people can join people's email lists and, you know, they can do a slight offer of here's what I have going on, but no like handing out sheets. Right. I just don't want the whole conference to be a pitch fest. So what I do is I invite people to do a breakfast on Friday morning with me. They have to apply we call them that night or text them or whatever and say, you know, Oh, yep. You can come to the breakfast. I think we've only turned down a couple people. Um, and so they come to the breakfast. We do about 25 seats for that. That's where I do a training. So I call it the in-between breakfast. So I share what I've done basically in the last year to grow my business and how it can relate to them and, you know, kind of lessons that I've learned. So they get this free training and then we tell them about the after mastermind program. Uh, then at lunch on Friday, I share it a little bit. Like right as everyone's kind of wrapping up, I share it to the whole group. And that has seemed to work really great. Obviously, first year worked a lot better. This year, okay. Um, still eight people is pretty amazing. But then this next year, um, we're actually going to take a little bit more front stage or like on a lot more of the topics. So it's going to be a lot more tenacious because I think that's really what people are expecting when they're signing up anyways, whether they read the sales page or not. Um, But that's something they're expecting. So why not give it to them? And also stripping away some of the other bonuses to just have it be laser focused on we're going to work together and be able to move your business, you know, further along. So lots of little changes here and there. You keep learning, you know, next year we'll talk and I'll be like, Oh yeah, we forgot this or whatever. Um, and we got some feedback. I think we may move locations. I still haven't decided. Um, I really like our space, uh, but I think we could have something that was a little more, you know, a little easier to get to. And, you know, there's just little things like that, but not a lot to change. I mean, we had 150, I believe the first year we upped that by about 30 or 40 this last year. Um, and my goal, I really would like to have 250 between 250 and 300 in there. Any more than that, I start to feel like, whoa, like this is a little too intense. Um, but it was good. I mean, I didn't get to talk to everyone even. Oh, you know, it's like a wedding. You, yeah, you, exactly. You, you know, but I'm gonna just real quick. I 
I could keep, but real quick, it's so <laughs> funny you mentioned the crying thing because at my very first event, I was going up on stage. It was my, I was about to go. I was emceeing the event my first year and Anne Handy from Marketing Profs was standing back there and she's like, are you super nervous? Like, are you okay? I'm like, honestly, I'm okay with talking. Like, I'm not nervous. I'm not scared. I am terrified though that I'm just going to break down in tears because like I was so, it was such a roller coaster and it was this relief that I'm sitting there and everybody in that room is, you know, has shown up and it was just, I just wanted to cry like tears of joy, relief. Oh my God, what have I done? So, uh, I don't know. I, I was right there with you on the crying. Uh, Uh I know we're going a little bit over. Are you okay talking just a little bit more? Oh yeah, I'm totally fine. Okay. All right. The intent, I want to talk about the get, uh, just going back to the butts and seats. I think it's so key of how you went around and really met with people and talked to people to make sure the integrity of the room was there. Because I think this is one of the biggest things of events. A lot of people go in panic mode and desperation mode at the end. They are expecting so many. So they go away and they give away all these free tickets. Uh, And to me, you're rewarding the people who are doing exactly what you don't want them to do. You know, you're giving away super discounted tickets. You're doing all this stuff. So, um, can you talk a little bit about the, you know, really what you did to make sure that the room, because honestly, content is key, but when you meet incredible people in a room, you're coming back. That's the key. And you had a great room of people. So I love the mastermind idea. Any other things that you did to really make sure uh, I'm sticking, you know, were people asking you for free tickets at the end? Did you have any of that? I didn't. No. Oh, didn't. you are so lucky. Yeah, no, I didn't have that. And I think it's because, I mean, honestly, I know where you're at. There's so many conferences all the time. I mean, just different types, right? We have none. I mean, there seriously is there. It's up. It's sad how few. So I think people just aren't even used. They're like, what are we doing? A conference? Like we're going to be in a hotel for two days. Like what? You know, I mean, seriously, it's just, it's just totally different. Um, but you know, we, I, I think, honestly, I know setting the intention, but we wrote out an ideal client for our conference. So we have an ideal client for Tenacious, which is interesting. Um, it's the same person. The Tenacious client is just a little bit more advanced in what they're doing. So we want to help this person get here. And we named her. She, her name is Jamie. Um, and so we've detailed out everything she needs. And the biggest thing is that she's sick of bootstrapping. And, you know, there's like 25 different characters of this Jamie, but she's sick of bootstrapping. And so she's in this need of needing to meet people that are at just a little bit higher level. So all these people are showing up in this space where they're like, I'm done with that little dumb networking stuff, that little stuff. I'm serious. And now everyone is there like, yep, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to be serious about this. And I also think um, just our follow-up emails, we send out a little bit of pre-work, Uh, The night before we have the conference, we do a mastermind, you know, that's for some people that signed up right away in the beginning. And so everyone's starting to, the buzz is starting to feel pretty awesome. People stay at the hotel and they just show up a little bit different. You know, Um, we talk to people about what to wear, which I think then they're not showing up in trucker hats like me today. (laughs) Um, You know, but they, you know, they're, they're dressed up a bit more. We show pictures of what the event looked like and it's just a classier spot. So I think everyone is just showing up with a better mindset and uh, it's keeping it at a little bit higher of a price point. I know 197 doesn't sound like a lot, but it's not 47, you know? Exactly. And so that also weeds out some people that are in 
bootstrap, way too bootstrapping mode, you know, hobby business. Um, also having it during the week tells people that this isn't for people that are doing, you know, their job at night. And if they are, and they have to take off days of work, now that tells you even more that they're very, very serious about their business. So um, we had it on Thursday and Friday. Uh, we may change it. If we change the locations, we may go Wednesday, Thursday, just because of weddings and things at most hotels. The one we have it at isn't as booked. So lots of little details that are just kind of crazy. But um, yeah, so getting the people in the room, you know, more of the, I guess, more like concise things is when we invited people to go to the mastermind, it wasn't a mass email. It was a direct Facebook message. I know that sounds like really kind of, it's just Facebook. Yeah, no, we sent a direct message to say, hey, Jamie, we want you here. Like, come to this mastermind. I think there's a few people you need to meet. Well, so then those 12 people sat in a room and did a mastermind. Now, guess what? They show up at the event and they're like, oh yeah, how's this going, you know? And so the relationships are already started with so many people. And it makes people feel comfortable that are introverts or not me, <laughs> not, not super extroverted, you know, with everything or know everyone. Um, and the other thing we don't, we do is we don't do name tags, which kind of drives me crazy because I meet so many people. So then I'm like, Oh my goodness, how do I know this person? Um, but what's nice about it is it, it has, you have to have a deeper like conversation with people. I like that. Yeah. And there's no faking it or anything. You're like, Oh, remind me of your name again. Okay. Oh yeah. This is where we met, you know, all that stuff. And I, Honestly, the thing I, I hate name tags because they're so ugly. So we got these beautiful outfits on. We've taken all this time. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but you know, you got your jewelry on, you got your dress on, and then you got this big, ugly name tag. All the pictures suck. You know, it's just, I'm just so anti name tag. But then all of a sudden, you know, I don't know anyone's name and that doesn't help either. But so I used to go to industry conferences when I was in corporate America. And I remember I'm like, these are dog tags. I don't want a dog tag on. I used to call it that. I used to drive. I'm like, I'm not wearing my dog tag. Somebody can talk to me. <laughs> so I know exactly where you're coming from. I, I want to talk about the details too, because you had some, I, I mean, your program. I love the coloring book idea. Like in, I'll explain it for, in the middle, there was like the really cool adult coloring book styles and you had the markers on the, on the table just to do that for doodling. Um, I, I thought you did, you, you didn't go overboard on the details of the conference. I know you didn't, you know, probably spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on production, but you did the right details. So I'd love to know what was like absolutely non-negotiable for you? What kind of went into that thought process? Cause it was done very well. But like I said, it wasn't super extravagant either, which is, you know, it's a great balance. Yeah. I wanted to have one thing each day that people got brand new when they walked into the room. And so, you know, the program and journal were something that were major for me. Now this next year, I actually might combine the two. I haven't quite decided um, just because they're both like, you know, pretty pretty decent expenses. Um, each program is like $3 and you know, that's something that's more than likely getting tossed out, but it is beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. I loved it for the speakers and I knew that it would be something that people would take pictures of and put on social media and also the coloring book. So yeah, as you folded it open, it had the theme written there. So every year I have a theme. You got, this was the first year. Um, shine bright was this next year and we haven't released this next year's theme, but we have 
the, you know, the coloring book spread and then we put the words around it, you know? So just, I love customizing things. So people feel just extra special. I wrote a little letter to everyone in the very beginning. It's funny that you bring up the wedding wow. piece, you know, that I'm like, my whole letter, you know, was, you know, about being, you know, the bride and this is my wedding day and the speakers are my bridesmaids and groomsmen and all that, you know, that's just how it felt as we were preparing for everything. So the table piece was a big deal to me this next year. And this last year we did, um, I can't even think of what the, the first year second gift was, but we did essential oil rollerballs and we customized the label calling it the shine bright rollerball, did a little wake up kind of blend. And that's that was super idea. fun. People were obsessed with it, you know, but just customizing it to that next level. I think this next year we're going to do customized markers. So everyone gets their own markers. Um, Cause I love the coloring book. It's still on trend. People love it. Now they'll have their first two years and they'll have their third. Um, but I knew the table was the most important. And we got our flowers donated, um, you know, because we have a client that does it. And then really, honestly, we didn't do a whole lot more than that. You know, I'll up our game every year a bit. Um, but I didn't go crazy on, you're right, on major, you know, displays or, you know, banners or anything um, because the space was so beautiful too. So there's something about that. Um, you know, you think about getting married at a beautiful church, you don't need to over decorate it, you know, and it's not about that. It's about the people in the room. So how can we make their experience even better? Mm, I love it. How about and I don't uh, leave with trash either? Sorry. I don't no, want to go leave ahead. Because I I'm agree. Just away. You know, I want to leave with something that I'm actually going to use. So like our notebooks, hardcover, thick, hardcover, beautiful, um, the quote, you got this, or Shine Bright was on the front. Our website, tiny. It's still there. People still see it. But it wasn't a tenacious logo on the front or before conference logo because I don't want to carry that around. You know, I want to carry something around that's beautiful and fun. And so we just keep keeping that Jamie in mind. Like, what does she need? What does she want? What would she like? I love the tie back to the ideal client because it's it's so key in it. And those details when they love the rollerball, like a bunch of men in a room would be like, what the hell is this? Right. Yeah, exactly. But because you know your ideal client so well, it's uh -huh. the perfect fit. How about unexpected things? Uh, any things that you could think of even from year one to year two, but um, things that you were like, I never would have thought I needed to think about this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> One of the things we were in an old historic building and there's only one bathroom on the first level. Uh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> on the third level. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing we really had complaints about, to be honest. That was huge. Um, also, because I have delegated for so many years, I had to make sure that I didn't get upset about things that other people did because I didn't like it because I gave that idea up to someone else. You know, I let them run with it. And so food was a big thing this last year that I was not happy with. Like the salad came out and I was like, okay, where's the main thing? And that was the main thing. Ooh. I mean, I would be pissed if I was going to a $200 conference or a $500 conference and a couscous salad came out. Like, Oh, I was, I was so frustrated. I like wanted to like buy burgers for everyone. Like, you know, I just, I don't like that sort of feeling. So I just had to throw away that negative, you know, piece, make a little joke about it and move on, you know, because I knew everyone in the room was thinking, uh, where's my food? <laughs> like yeah. I'm hungry, you know? Exactly. 
So there's little things like that, but honestly, because we planned out so far, I'm not saying we did it perfect. We gave ourselves some grace on it, but we didn't say, oh, I want to have a conference this fall and it's this fall. You know, like we started in December for April and we were very planned out to say every single time we were going to have a promo, every single time we were going to do a collaborative event, every time we were going to do a mastermind. And we just took that whole calendar, posted, noted it up, you know, moved things, things around from time to time. But we had, because we had the event staff, we had that plan. We didn't have a lot of like, oh my gosh, I didn't think about that. Um, I already shared that not having the next date, you know, deterred people from signing up. So that part I think was a little bit tough. Um, but besides that, there wasn't anything in the moment that we're like, oh, shoot. So. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, it just, it, like I said, there's just so many details that you just, you're like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, the lunches, the, and then the costs of things that you're like, shut up. It's going to cost me a hundred dollars to feed these people a Mexican buffet. Are you kidding me? Right. Yep. <laughs> I know. Well, the, um, a lot of times people will do like an afternoon snack and that price point, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm not buying you milk and cookies for that. Like, no freaking way. Bring a snack and put it in your purse, you know? But no, we actually did a snack bar uh, both years. I was at a conference that was really cool with how they did snacks. They had like an unlimited, the hotel actually provided, it was an unlimited snack bar. And it was so cool that I was like, I want to replicate that a little bit. We didn't quite go as crazy, but you know, we had healthier things, you know, healthy, but like granola bars and and then some fresh fruit and things for, you know, fruit leather and stuff for people just to grab in between. And everyone was really appreciative of having that as a resource for them. So it was right. good. Yeah. I love it. Oh, I could talk, I, I could go another hour. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, I just love talking because it's just so interesting to me. I love the ideas. I love the perspectives. So last question you have somebody on the fence. Like, I mean, I'll be honest, first time I ever looked at the details, I was like, hell no, I will never do an event. Uh, why should they do one? What's the, what's the upside? Like, what has been the biggest upside to you of two years in now and why you're doing a third? Mm -hmm. A lot of people think they can't do it. And it's probably true. I mean, honestly, it's probably true that a lot of people just don't have the resources or just don't have the influence or just don't have that. And I don't want to put that like negative mindset. But the thing is, is when you do it, everyone is going to be thinking, oh my gosh, Tina has this conference, right? Kind of even like a podcast. I don't know if you got this, Aaron, when you had your podcast. But people are like, oh my gosh, you have a podcast? It's like, yeah, I set up a Libsyn account. <laughs> you know? And I, I'm sorry so to like, you know, share oh, with everyone. Oh, so that, true. But uh, the, no, <laughs> let's be honest. An event is nothing like a podcast, but that's what I'm saying. Like people put you on this just different level. And you're playing in a different field then. And now being in my third year, I mean, I just got goosebumps thinking about just what that does. And so I think anything in business, when people see you committed to something and you stay committed to it, lots of people are waiting for you to fail. You know, a lot of people are, there's so many people out there that are not risk takers or they're just negative Nellies. And they're like, yep, I'm just waiting. You know, oh, we'll see. We'll see how this goes, right? Well, now we're on our third year. Like, I can't imagine not having it. Like, there's times where I think, oh, do I really want to keep doing, you know, all the day-to-day -day stuff and tenacious and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I do because I want to keep doing the before conference, you know? Uh, so there's, you know, that's things, but it's really about your why. I mean, 
we've talked so much about money and so much about filling seats and all that kind of stuff. But when you look around a room, I mean, again, goosebumps, but you look around the room, you see people crying, them filling a notebook with information, them, them talking to you in ways to say, oh yeah, since the last before conference, I've done this. It's like that has a mark in their, in their calendar you know, that says this is kind of a new starting point for them. It's not January 1st. It's not Labor Day. It's, you know, April 28th. And so that to me is like, oh, light bulbs are going off. And if there are people in the room that haven't been playing as big of a game, you know, as others, you know, um, they are like, what am I waiting for? What am I doing? Why am I not there? Why am I not, you know, running after this? And so they kick off Monday of that next week on fire. I mean, the emails I get, I just sit and cry. I just like seriously sit and cry with how much stuff is happening in, in businesses and how they're moving forward. And I know this isn't something that we talked about a ton, but choosing speakers is a huge deal for me. And people bug me. My staff bugs me about it. People bug me about it. Like, when are you going to have your speakers out? And I'm like, when I find them. Like, okay, when they come to me. Yeah. I didn't want to have to keep going because I feel bad I'm taking up your time. But can you, if you're willing, <laughs> can you talk about your speaker selection? Because I think it's so key because people are coming out of the woodwork. When you put on an event, hey, I'll speak at your event. I'll speak at your event. I'll speak at your event. And I am like, so anal about my stage. Like it is a very protected thing. So will you go just a little bit into how you select and what's important to you? Well, again, I go back to that ideal client. Who do they want to see? What do they need? You know? And I, I, they have to be a decent speaker. I mean, I, that's major to me. Uh, appearance is another thing. I don't, they don't have to have spoke a ton, especially if they're in the twin cities. I don't necessarily love that, but how are they going to show up? Are they taking this really serious? Because this is really serious to me. Um, I make people apply. And so, you know, in my first year, I reached out to a lot of people, you know, like I reached out directly to you. I was like, Aaron, I need you there. Like, duh, the title of your company and all of that is so on with before and after, you know? Um, and, but I, I first do kind of my topics. So I say, these are the things I've seen in the last year that I see most of our clients struggling with or people around me. And so I, I, I pull out all those kind of topics and I'm like, who has that expertise? And I don't love to have someone come and do their signature talk. I want them to do a before conference talk. And so that is really, really crucial. Um, and so I already have some people in mind. I have all, of course, now I have people constantly saying they want to speak. But every time I show up in an event, you know, that's kind of my call now here in September, October, November, December, we need to have it, you know, rocking and rolling. But, um, you know, I start saying, I'm, you know, I'm looking for speakers on these specific topics uh, or that can really touch on this. And that has been awesome. And so one change, I, I, I kind of teased this, but I didn't share it. One of the changes that I'm doing with the vendors is I want to include them more. Now, the vendors I kind of spoke about, they're That's not necessarily- That's a fine line though too, because you don't want to sell out your stage. And I'm curious how you're approaching that. Yes. Okay. So what I'm doing is I'm opening up more time for like actual networking with each group of people, um, which each vendor space, not forcing them to like have them sign something or something like that. I don't want corniness there, but for them to each vendor to coach them to have an experience at their table, whether it's a learning thing, a coaching thing, a quiz, uh, you know, something that they're going to learn. So we're going to highlight more about what they can learn from each person on the spot. 
Um, so I'm, I'm thrilled about that. But the change we're making with the vendors is they'll actually get a table that they are sponsoring that they sit at too. I like so that. I don't want vendors to stay at their spots. I want them to come into the room and be a part of it. So I'm kind of toying around with them even actually decorating their table one day to attract people. So I don't know. I'm kind of like, I don't know how people would love it or not like it or whatever, but I think it'd be kind of fun, like their table where everyone sits. So I'm, you know, just wanting to involve them more. So it isn't just like, hey, give me money so you can have a table. Like that feels icky. I want them to truly have a, a strong experience. But, you know, we have already three people that had sponsored tables last year at a $1,000 price point, you know, with none of those extras that are already back. I've already paid to be in this next conference. So, you know, it's worth it if you know they're coming back um, and wanting to be there. And that's, that's just it. I want them to want to. So it's, yeah, it's so fun. Gosh, I could seriously, Erin, this is a great topic because I could talk about it forever and ever. So people that are putting on conferences, it is a thing though. Like, yeah, where do you start? Like, where's that start point for that? It is. And it's just, like I said, the little things of, I don't want to sell out my stage. And that's where I knew, like, I'm taking, I'm not taking a step back from the summit. I'm reorganizing it and really thinking about A, how to align it better. And B, I knew the minute I needed to take a step back was when I was just like, yeah, you know, I'm going to sell my stage off a little bit more. I that, that's, that is so unaligned with where I wanted to go and why I did this initially. I was like, no, 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 no. We need to do some reorganizing and rethinking about this because the sponsors, it's a fine line. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure the sponsors are happy and get their money's worth. Yeah. But you also need to make sure your participants are not sitting there going, I mean, I've been to conferences where I'm like, dude, I want to take a shower after five minutes because it's so slimy and gross. Oh and and I've, I've, I know conferences that it's everybody is paying to stand on that stage. And as for an organizer, I feel like it's my job to put the absolute best people on that stage, regardless if they're paying me or not. And it's a very fine line because uh, you want to make those sponsors happy. You, it's got to be more than just a table. How do you get them in front of people? I love that particular idea. Yep. yep. Oh, you know, one other thing I want to share about speakers that's been huge for me that I've kept. I want the speakers to be involved with the event. So that keeps me from going too high with the speakers I'm bringing in because I want them to be there and experience because you know what, they're actually going to get clients then if they do that. And so more that can, I don't want someone just coming in for the, their hour talk and then leaving. Right. You know, every once in a while, I think, yeah, maybe a keynote here or there could, you know, would be okay. But I don't want the majority being that way for a couple of reasons. Financially, simply can't afford it. You couldn't put it out of that, like with the price point and that small of a group and actually be able to afford it. But I also love the experience that, you know, there's 20 speakers more than likely in the group that are going to help guide the whole event and be really present. So that part has been, that part has been really awesome. Well, and I think to your point as a speaker, if you want to get the most out of an event, you know, where you were saying I couldn't, you know, obviously as a speaker, you probably have something, let's be honest, you've got something to sell or a pro, like that's, you have a business, right? Your speech does align with the business. And if we, if you're in and out and you're just bolting to your point of, I didn't sell as many masterminds my second time because I wasn't on the stage, Absolutely. you know, it's not like you're going to, there might be people who didn't get to see your talk or there might be people who, cause if you're talking at the same time or for whatever reason, but they get to know you in that conference, that's another great way to, to close out on some business. Yep. 
Yeah, so, exactly. I agree. <laughs> I, I know. That. I love talking about it too. So thank you so much. All right. Do you have a website up yet for next year? Uh, yes. It's beforeconference.com. Okay. We will have that available. End of April again, right? Yes. End of April. Yep. Okay. Minneapolis, St. Paul area. It's St. Paul right now, but. Yep. We were, you know, we're about, we were about maybe 15 minutes from the airport, I think. Um, and so we like to stay around in that little general area and Uber right away. Yeah. I love that area. It's so easy. Well, Tina, thank you so much for doing this with me. I just like, I love it. Goosebump for the whole hour. Stuff is awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, keep doing them. I think events are just, he, I have a, actually, I'll tell you a quick funny story. I don't know if you know this story. So at your event, this girl comes up to me, Andrea, do you know, uh, Andrea no. Gerbel? Yeah. And she, do you know this story? No, I, I know who you were talking about though. Okay. Yeah, in love with you. <laughs> so this is a rat. This is so random. So she comes up to me. She's like, are you from Kadat? I'm like, yeah, that's the town I grew up. Very, very small town. We played, we met at basketball camp at the university no. of Wisconsin style, like in the fifth grade. I'm not, I'm not joking. Kept oh, in touch, God. like, all the time. And then we played. She was from New Auburn. Like, we're talking, talking soup. I mean, like, the tidiest towns you could find in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. She was from one. I was from another. And we would have a game once a year against each other in basketball. And she was like, you used to play basketball. And I'm like, who? And it all, like, started. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I had it Cedar in over 20 years. I mean, it's been oh. that long. And it was like, so. I'm like, how cool is this? I get invited to speak at a conference. And meet this, like, and and had she been on your social, like, I know you guys are friends on social and all that. Had I seen it, I never would have put two and two together. But because luckily she did, it was just such a cool, like, one cool That's experience so awesome. there for a live event. But it's just stories like that, that always, I love putting the room of people together. Because uh, it just, you just never know who's going to reconnect or connect for the first time. And to be able to do that is just really, really huge. I know. Awesome. That's so cool. I'm glad you shared that story with me. I love those little smiles. <laughs> so cool. All right. Well, Tia, thank you so much. I'm going to yes, stop recording. You. I'm excited to keep listening to all these. Hey, it's like, Aaron's from the Epic Live Events, and hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Now, I would love to help you with your live event. And how we're going to do that is by offering you our free live events budget worksheet. Listen, events take a lot of resources, whether it's time, money, or a little bit of both. Uh, you've got to figure out a way to really utilize this in your business to make your money back. So this spreadsheet has both sides, the different costs you may potentially have, how you can fill those in. You can just, you know, fill in whatever number estimates, call some people, get an understanding of what it may cost you to put this event or different ways. Um, you can save some money. And then of course, on the other side, how are you going to make money back? Are you going to sell at the event? Are you going to sell tickets? Are you going to get sponsorship? Are there going to be different things that you can utilize in order to begin to make your money back? And this is a spreadsheet that will help you kind of, I'm a spreadsheet girl. That's how I think all the time, but this will help you really start putting the concept to paper or how can you do better in your, in your next event and, you know, really make sure that bottom line, because as much as I would love to do events for free, I can't like it's it's a resource heavy thing, but I promise you so, so worth it. So you can find that you can go to our show notes over at epicliveevents.co. That's C-O. You can also get it in the notes of this episode or jump over to bit.ly slash epic underscore budget. Again, that's bit.ly slash epic underscore budget. And you can grab that, like I said, for free 
start the planning. And I'm telling you, it's so worth it every single bit. Thanks so much for listening to this episode with your host, Aaron Smith. We'll catch you next time.